0: This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. My journey starts with this great idea. You know, you have these ideas that are so good and are like genius. You know, you're like genius. Or was it insanity? I'm not exactly sure. It's very hard to delineate between these types of ideas. And the idea for me was, let's go back to school to be just like my students. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me give you some backgrounds first and uh, just to set this up a little bit uh, to help you formulate why I even came to that decision. So here I was, painted picture of like the Rainbow Mountain on Pikachu Island, okay, because it was amazing where all of a sudden, I was doing exactly what I loved to do. I loved anatomy and physiology. I, that was my degree, and that's exactly what I was doing. I'm one of those few people that was doing exactly what their degree set themselves up to do, and that is to teach anatomical sciences and physiological sciences. I was like, oh, this is the best ever. And you'll find my life was rainbows shooting for my mouth, and you know, all these little sparklies, and it was amazing. I just enjoyed it so, so much. And I know what you're thinking, you're thinking, wait wait, wait. <laughs> Are you a little crazy? Because anatomy and physiology is one of those rites of passage classes where people who want to get over to the clinic have to, like, fight their way through. And isn't, like, the pass rate, like, only 50% And where you, like, either crash or burn. And, man, I never want to relive those anatomy and physiology because I had zero life left after I did those classes. Yep, those are my favorite classes. Those pieces where all of a sudden I come out with half of my students at the end of the semester. I'm like, "Ah, how is that my favorite? It's just me. It's just me. All right? And so that was my life. I just enjoyed it thoroughly, delighting in the fact that I could inculcate my students with anatomical and physiological knowledge. But admittedly, time has a way of dulling the luster of such youthful simplicity. And I would say that I began to hear what they call the chatter. Not, you know, students complain all the time, that's all right, but the chatter that I began to hear that began to weigh on me was when my students start saying statements like, man, I, I'm in the clinic already, and I'm just studying to be this, and this is completely irrelevant for me. Or, you know what, he's focused on such minutia, it's distracting me from being a better clinician. Or even other things like, man, there's no way that this type of expectations is going to be expected. He is setting up people for failure when he is holding up such high expectations, when those expectations are artificial and those aren't the true ones that you're supposed to have as a nurse or as a rad tech or as a respiratory therapist. And that totally weighed on me, like, you know, after you pounded down 50 white castles, like, you just got to do something with that, okay? You have to do something with that. And so, I said, you have that on me. A lot of my students are like, you're not a nurse. You don't know what it means. And you're like, I, you're exactly right. I don't know what it means to be in the clinic. So, I was like, let's go to the clinic. And so generously given a sabbatical opportunity in 2009, and I ended up enrolling into Rush University's general entry master's degree, which is a 21-month program, slams you through, gives gives you a RN, licensure, as well as a master's degree in nursing sciences, and then sets you up so that you can get this clinical nurse leader certificate. It's a great program. Read all about it, highly rated. I thought, you know what? That's what my students want to be. I'm going to jump right in. and so I enrolled in the first in 2010 at Rush University. Okay, when I first enrolled, I will have to admit um, my expectations of that, like I'm going to get the student perspective again.? Woo-hoo! Maybe those things that I have forgotten for so many years and the things that I think about when I remember being a student, being like, man, my student, my professor has no clue what it's like being a student. Maybe I could get that back just a little bit by being this type of student. And so first semester, I have to say total culture shock, right? I'm used to my peers being my same age, and now I'm amongst people that are like very, very early 20s and are talking about spring break, woo-hoo! I'm not sure if I even know what the woo-hoo is behind the spring break, but I know that everybody was talking about the spring break, woo-hoo, and it was always like that. But regardless, I found myself this following semester being arm-in-arm with them. It wasn't very long before I began to be just like a student, realizing and telling myself and saying questions and statements that were just like the statements that my students were making to me in my classroom. I was like, dude... Professor, do you not know that I just spent 18 hours on that homework, and you know what I gained out of that? This much knowledge uh, and solidification of one paragraph in the textbook. Uh, Why would you expect that that from me? Why would you make us do that for seven points? There is no reason why. Or other ones like, your humor is not that funny in the lecture. (laughs) And I had to write down those things, make sure you're not thinking that you're hilarious in the lecture, or don't laugh to yourself, like, don't you think that's so funny? I was like, okay, i got to back off on those things. Or even other things, like crazy test questions, where it was like, select all that applied. One to eight choices. And you take that permutation, it's eight factorial, right? To so one of those choices is like one out of five. 50 possible choices is the correct one, and having an examination, having 20% of those type of questions, we're like, why did you guys do so bad? We're like, because we knew like 95% of the information, and we still got all the questions wrong. And so I made these notes and began to realize, man, you know what, the student perspective is pretty valid. Um, I do a lot of things in my classroom that I began to realize that my students... We had a purpose, and we were driven, and we desired to get something. And sometimes we saw these different things as roadblocks to what we wanted to do. And that was a wake-up call for me. And I constantly questioned, "Man, what was I doing for the last ten years or twelve years, actually, in my classroom?" And soon enough, um, I began to realize that my perspective even on teaching was kind of limited. But it wasn't until the second semester that you, that lesson that I learned. I was like, all right, I got what I paid for. Uh, let me get back to my classroom. Oh, wait, I got to finish the second half of the year for my nursing and then to get there. And that second year of nursing shook a lesson into me that was completely unexpected. That, yes, I thought, man, the student perspective, I got it back. I got a whole bunch of notes. And you guys, You guys have it for your students. Ben, you guys have it hard out there. (laughs) Life happens. You have to balance work, life, family, health, crazy stuff, fighting for loans. it's, It's rough. But it wasn't until the second semester that all of a sudden I began to realize that the student perspective also is fairly limited. It wasn't until that we got kicked into the clinical aspects to be able to see such craziness that I began to tremble in my heart that now I'm taking care of a person, that, that, that I truly am responsible for somebody's life in my hands. And I began to realize I don't have enough schooling. Oh, my gosh, they didn't teach me enough. Why did they just skip over that? They said, oh, well, that part's really hard. Maybe we'll just kind of... I was like, oh, my gosh, I needed that. Oh, great googly. This person's counting on me. And my, one of my first, first lessons in that was when one of my professors was telling me this story. He told me this story and it stuck with me in the back of my head because multiple stories will come about in my life just like his. And he said he was, a, he was, he was in the Navy and him and one other person was the clinical expert on this base. And a soldier came with an issue with a trait, a brand new place trait in his throat. And he didn't know how to take care of it. He was having problems breathing and such like that. And, of course, he comes to my professor counting on his anatomical, physiological, nursing intervention knowledge to be able to help him to breathe. And there, of course, he comes and he's like, well, I kind of remember how to do that. But that was one of those things that they were like, well, that's one of those things that you may encounter, but you can look it up later. And it wasn't on the examination. He's like, shoot. So he tried to help him, and the soldier just shook his head. So you tried something different and uh, tried again, and the soldier again just shook his head, coughed up a little of something, and third time he tried, he's like, well, maybe it's, it's this way. I wish there was a multiple choice. You know, why isn't there a multiple? Try it again. And the su- soldier just shook his head and then buried his face in his hands and started weeping. Because he knew that the only other place that he could get medical intervention was 12 hours away and he would have to be swallowing and aspirating all this stuff into his throat for the next 12 hours because a person wasn't there for him that didn't have the knowledge to help him, that was counting on him. And that was a perspective that shattered my classroom perspective. All of a sudden, I saw my professors, not so much as these, you know, ogres of homework and, you know, scheming of, hee, hee, those questions are so hard. (laughs) I love those things. It wasn't that anymore. What I began to see was my professors behind their office doors wringing their hands, trying to think, how the heck am I going to train up my students in 12 weeks to what's going to come? There is no way. How am I going to do this? I have 12 short weeks. Every day is going to count, and I'm going to slam them. There is no early dismissal. There's, there can't be, because look what they need to know down the road. Holy moly, how are they going to do this? And so, ultimately, what do you do? You just throw your students into situations. You give them really hard stuff. You're like, this is the hardest stuff I could give you, because you know maybe later on, it will not only develop you just this base knowledge, at least some character traits that will demonstrate some tenacity, persistence, detail, orientation, and just work ethic to be able to be a true and excellent clinician. And that second year, as I told you, I was blown away by my professor's thoughts and by this whole new perspective where it was like ogre to... Hi, I'm here to help you. Really, I am. I'm here to help you. I'm smacking you around and whipping you so that I can help you. I'm beating you so I can help you. You know, it's one of those things you like, what? what? What do you mean? Trust me, it'll come in handy later. I mean, you're thrown into so many hard situations, and you see the experience that builds from those things. As I said, tenacity, persistence and the ability to handle such stressful situations. I mean, I know that when I came into one of the floors, how else can you build that kind of base level of knowledge and quick action and thought if you're not put into stressful situations. So I stepped into the floor one time and I remember being with my preceptor and I had this patient that had a craniectomy and his wound was dehissing, meaning that it was like splitting apart. And his like, brain was crawling out of that wound. And of course, as a student, I walked in, I was like... And the patient looks at me like a little alarmed. And of course, the experienced nurse just kind of pushed me aside and just said, let's put some gauze on that. And I'm just going to pop out and see if the doctor wants to take a quick peek at that. And then I was like... And outward, I was like, his brain is coming out! And she was like, I know, but we need to... We can't get him stressed, because if he gets stressed and sees you panic, he's going to... Get stressed and more brains got going to pop out. So just be calm, okay, dude? And I was like, but it's is! She's like, where's your stress ability to handle all this stuff? And so you can imagine that all this stuff training us to, to read through hard stuff. And, I mean, even one of the other lessons was in terms of the, the spelling. I was like, why is spelling so important? You know, you are so APA. Why, why would you be such a singular APA? I could just do spell check. Until the time when I had got uh, doctors calling me over the phone at like 2 in the morning. Hey, don't forget to give him his seraphim. I was like, seraphim? Okay. Seraphim, seraphim. So, how do you spell that? So, I wrote down something and then, pro, uh, you know, pharmacy profiles it and all of a sudden they give me a quick call back. And they're like, hey, by the way, uh, you know seraphim, with an E instead of an A, just one letter difference, um, makes you ovulate, but clearly it's a he. <laughs> Why are you giving him this drug? I was like, well, it's just antidepressant. He goes, oh, you mean seraphim, you idiot. <laughs> one letter difference, and I would have given a drug that made my patient ovulate rather than help support his antidepressant, okay? It matters. It matters so much because somebody's counting on me. And so I learned four lessons, ultimately. And these are my four lessons. Number one, absolutely, the student perspective is valid. It's valid. I know how hard it was. I've had a fight through pain through the nose with a private school while having barely any job, and my professors expecting me, you can't work, you got to focus. I'm like, dude, my family has to eat. And all the homework that comes with it. But then I realized the second one, right, that it was somewhat limited. It's limited, which is all right. It's limited because the larger picture of what my professors were passionately pursuing and wanting to inculcate in me was sitting there that I couldn't see the third one is that somebody's going to count on me. That this knowledge is not just something that's going to be benign. That, yes, sure, I could always look it up in a book, but this type of training, this type of rigmarole, this type of pass through the flames developed in me character traits that set me up so that I would be an excellent clinician, not because I had a good base knowledge, but because I knew how to get the information, that I was tenacious enough, that I was. Persistent enough to do the right thing. And then the last one is that I needed to stick to my convictions. So when I came back to Moraine, I not only went into, as I told you, with this expectation that I'm going to come back and be like, oh, I'm going to be just like you guys. I know exactly how you'll feel. And this class will hopefully get easier. It was the opposite. I came back and my classroom became so much harder because I realized that the stakes were so much harder and I freaked out, not necessarily on my students, but realizing, oh my gosh, you guys don't know what it's like out there. I wish I could go back and and have this nice, simple, youthful optimism, but it wasn't that case. And so I hold to my convictions to have high expectations of my students because I know I know that when I press my students to know this gigantic list of 180 muscles with all their origins, insertion, and actions, that that builds something into them that will set themselves up to be excellent clinicians in which I can even trust my family and myself and my my family's health to them. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library.